Hello, everyone, and welcome to Writers Drinking Coffee. This is a podcast based on writers sitting around drinking coffee and or occasionally wine and talking about anything and everything. We may use explicit language and will almost certainly drop F-bombs, but none of that is the point or drive of the content, so consider us PG-13. There will be rants and raves and occasional readings. There will be conflicting creative advice driven by at least three utterly disparate points of view. Your hosts today are John Schmidt, hello, and her, Jeannie Warner. This is episode 18, where we're going to talk about things like voice work, audible, and more. Oh my. We have a special guest, and her name is... (laughs) Hi, I'm Tiana Hansen. I do audiobooks and voice work and various and sundry other loose geeky things. And you do casts, too. I do casts? Yes. What is it called? Live streams. Live streaming, live streams. yes. Oh, I'm old. <laughs> you, must, you must teach me about live streams. Live streams are lovely, a whole lot of fun. I get around I, I get around a table with four of my best friends and throw dice for three hours. It's great. Mm, and you'll be able to give us a link so that we can tell the people who are listening where they can find this marvelous thing? Sure thing. My channel is uh, Quests and Chaos. So we are live Monday nights at 7 p.m., Tuesday nights at 7 p.m., Saturdays at 6, and usually Wednesdays at 7 for board games, and that is twitch.tv slash quests and chaos, and all the back episodes are on youtube.com slash quests chaos. No and in there. We had a a bit of discussion earlier on the topic of, because there's podcasts that are just live gaming groups, too, and I thought that was kind of cool, although it was a little bit, there was part of me that was old, (laughs) not to put a who find a point on it, of... I've seen kids sit and watch other kids play Minecraft. Yes. And so sitting and watching gaming was like, oh, I like gaming. I really do like gaming. But watching somebody else game or listening to somebody else game, where where does it, where does the readership come from? Tell us about it. So um, a lot of the people... The words. The people came in to talk. Who'd have guessed? <laughs> um, a lot of the people who watch us are people who um, either don't get any D&D in their lives because they, they can't schedule a gaming group, which is the... The bane of any gamers. The scheduling. ongoing problem of, of getting, you know, five people together around a table. For let's, us, we treat it as a job. So. Let's just say that I've been trying to get Tiana on our podcast here for a few weeks now. So it's been difficult. Scheduling <laughs> scheduling is hard. John John went away to Crown Tournament, came back. So John went to the thing in the desert. John went to visit friends in Portland. But here we all are on now. Hooray. And even if you don't have a Doctor Strange to look at, 7,432,413 futures to find the one date to do the gaming. Making it a job seems a very responsible thing and more gaming will occur. Mm-hmm. And I can see the advantage there of arranging time and saying, okay, maybe I don't have time to game, but I kind of want to game. Yeah. And I don't know. Sometimes if you don't have enough people, we used to have a blank character and just throw cards in or move for them. So it's kind of like... I know, having Elijah at the table is your your gaming with uh, someone online that's listening. Yeah, he he wins a lot of cards against humanity. (laughs) I have noticed that. That's sad when I can't beat random chance. It's it's frustrating sometimes. And I mean, there I've I've run across podcasts that are the DM and one other person where where it's like duo gaming and. I've I've had a session not on Quest and Chaos, but when in a home game that I was in, where it was me and the DM because I was going to be in Idaho for the next uh, for the next episode, and so I I wrote my character out and then wrote her back in. 
That seems reasonable. We it, was, used, it was great. <laughs> years ago when we did have a regular night meeting that we could all get together, we'd play. But the DM kept dragging somebody off to get, oh, John, I have to give you this, this information that only you can know because only you. So the rest of us had to figure out what to do. So we would do things like open strange books and say you have to read, but you can't crack up. Or <laughs> something, <laughs> or other personal challenges to sure. keeping a straight face and pass the time. So yeah, I could see that. I could see that. What else do you have going on? You so you podcast for gaming. Uh, mm-hmm. I really was excited about the idea of. I don't know if you heard our episode where Alice Cornwell came on and read a story. No, I haven't. Um, she did a really good job for a completely raw reading, but you were more <laughs> of a professional. And so if somebody wanted to get into the reading of stories, let's mm-hmm. say they weren't feeling confident in their writing yet, John and I will work on that, but they wanted to read it or they've been told, oh, everybody says I should do Audible or do this. Sure. Where would you start? Where did where did you individually start? So my journey with voice acting began right after I moved to the Bay Area. Um, I had I had been toying with the idea for a little while anyway because my sister had given me a microphone for Christmas. I'd, I'd been eyeing the Audio Technica AT twenty twenty, which uh, one of my favorite YouTubers actually uses, and so I was like, oh. Well, if it's good enough for Matt Pat, it's good enough for me. So I, I, I put that on my wish list and got it for Christmas. It was great. Yeah. And then, yeah, right. And then very shortly thereafter, I came down to the Bay Area and went to Twelfth Night. And there I ran into a friend of mine who does uh, freelance voice acting stuff. And she said, you have a brand new microphone. You want to get into this. Check out the website Fiverr and do voice work there. She says, I do that all the time. So F-I-V-E-R? Two R's. F-I-V-E-R-R. Okay. So not quite the rabbit from Watership Town. Not quite. (laughs) Okay. I was just checking, you know. And 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 we will, of course, as always, put all of our links onto the episode notes so you guys can see them. Oh, for sure. I I read a couple other things that were very interesting prepping for this, Chad, like becoming a voice actor. Mm -hmm. And they they had like a lot of series of steps, like these are things you should do or try or practice. What did did you do and try and practice? So I didn't really do much of anything that was specifically voice acting. Um, I have my bachelor's degree in theater, so I've been on the theater track for a long time, and that was... Uh, fun fact, I used to have a tremendously bad stutter. Um, and I did too. Let this be a joyful lesson for all of you stutterers out there. You can overcome these things. Yes. And for me, the, the trick was getting into theater because a, a friend of mine pointed out when we were working on To Kill a Mockingbird that when I have lines, I don't stutter. And he had noticed, of course, how bad my stutter was before that. But he was like, maybe if you change the way that you think about speaking that will help you um, speak with with less of a stutter. And it really did help. So I think I now... Oh, my God. Have you seen the movie The King's Speech? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not just because Colin Firth is so adorable, but... <laughs> I mean, Colin Firth, though. <laughs> right. But, but I thought it was interesting that they played that first time that... Uh, it plays the record really loud and it irritates the prince. And so he's full of just, by God, I will be heard and practically yelling. And it's clear. It's very clear. And and that's, there are also, a lot of it is mental stuff. So, you know, you trip over your tongue because of all of that. Um, so for the actual, like, storytelling and voice work, I started with theater. And then I also used to read out loud to my siblings because my sister has dyslexia. 
And uh, there were a couple of books that I was like, you need to know these stories. You need, it was Tamara Pierce books. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I started reading them out loud to her for about an hour a night before we went to bed. And I got in the habit of just reading out loud and doing different character voices and having all the little moments. And I mean, she would ask me to do that well into our teenage years. So that's really cool, right? It, it, and my sister and I didn't get on very well when we were kids. So that was our one point of connection was these stories that I sat on, I sat on the side of her bed and read. I think that's that's at least an interesting way to get started. Did you ever? Well, John, for instance, also has what I call the radio voice that I'm jealous of. Did you <laughs> that read? Lovely to, deep voice. You had little brothers around. Did you read to them? Or oh no, oh god, no. Do boys not read to other boys? Is that boys not a don't thing? hold still long enough <laughs> oh. to read to other boys? Um, I also started in theater, although I didn't have a stuttering issue, uh, and did a lot of choir. I did a lot of choir, and then I did some more choir, and then I did a little more theater. Uh, but there uh, is a certain quality that music training gives you to be able to project Mm -hmm. and to enunciate clearly because if I'm going to sing words. Yep. (laughs) Gilbert and Sullivan, baby. Potter songs, yes. Potter songs. Precursors to rap. The the nightmare song from Iolanthe alone ought to be, you know, (laughs) all right, you want to audition for this. Uh, Let's hear your nightmare song. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I can't do the patter songs, but there there are a couple like vocal warm ups that are that are they're not patter, but they're pretty quick that I that I do before we do we before we go on the live stream, and everyone just sort of looks at me like you just did that do, in one do breath. it do it do it. What do you got? What do you got? <laughs> Lay them down. What to do to die today at a minute or two till two? A thing distinctly hard to say, but harder still to do. The drum will beat a tattoo at twenty till two. A rat da tat da tat da two, and the dragon will come when he hears the drum at a minute or two till two today. At a minute or two till two. That's Holy cool. Moses! <laughs> You nailed it to the wall. <laughs> Thank you. My grandfather used to do one of the tongue twister, the ostless thistle. The successful thistle sifter in sifting one sift full of unsifted thistles thrust 3,000 thistles through the thick of his thumb. Now, the uncivilized thistle sifter who's sifting sift, unsifted thistles, yeah, I've already lost it. <laughs> how, many, how many thistles would thy sift through the thick of thy thumb if the ostless thistle, the successful thistle sifter in sifting one sift full of unsifted thistles, thrust 3,000 thistles through the thick of his, his thumb? Wow. That wow. helped a lot when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and the other one is, is the one that Stephen King used in It. He thrusts his fists against the posts and still insists he sees the ghosts. Mm, I he thrusts love his it. fists against the post and still insists he sees the ghosts? That. Ghost or ghosts? Ghosts. Ghosts. Ah. Well, there's, there's vocal easing, too, in a similar sort of way that we used to do. Hominini, hominimini, hom. Bodhi, 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 ba. And that's just to get your mouth working in the... From extremes, you know, boo is re- your lips leather, are forward. Leather, yellow leather. Yeah. Um, enunciation, correction. Well, and then, and then there's also sounds that are very similar. So so for that, we did but I got a 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 but from, do you realize that's what they're doing? The Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> because the B is your, your mouth, corners of your mouth pulled back, and ooh, it's all forward. Yeah. They're vocalizing. They are. <laughs> that, that is a sweet little horrible people. things. Well, it's a room full of voice actors who are having too much fun. <laughs> Moving on from how you got started in your vocalizing, 
Um, how did you get into Twitch streaming? So um, about two years ago, year and year and a half, two years ago, I moved in with with a, a bunch of other uh, television or uh, film film students mostly out in Hercules and. I always go through the casting uh, notices on SF Casting, and I came across one that that said, um, "We're starting a Twitch live stream. Do you mm-hmm. play D anD D, or are you willing to learn? Can you improv this, that, and the other?" And I was like, "We've been playing this home game of D anD D for the last like seven months. I had a great time playing my Bard Ari, and I was like, I really want to do that." I want to do that thing. So I applied for it and didn't hear anything because I love Thomas to bits and bitty pieces, but he's not good at getting back to people. There are many, many people in this world who are not good <laughs> at getting back to you. It's, it's frustrating. But it happened that one of my housemates knew him from a project they had done together. And so he, he saw that Thomas had posted on Facebook, hey, we're looking for actors for this thing. And I was like, hey, poke him. You, you, you can go on audition too if you want, but poke him and tell him that your housemate applied through SF Casting and is quite interested. I had an audition the next day. Yay! <laughs> um, and the audition was basically prepare a character and show up ready to drop it into a scene. And so I brought in the the absolutely like uh, quintessential mom friend cleric. Kind of, kind of an older woman who came in and was like, do you understand the state of that privy is absolutely going to drive your patrons away. You should probably do something about that. Yes, I would like tea, please. No, no, none of that nasty ale. Tea, please. <laughs> and I had a lot of fun playing off of them. Thomas and Amy were are, are the producers of Quests and Chaos, and uh, we we played off of each other and talked for a while, and we got on really well. Almost immediate chemistry, and I got a call back, and they said we're starting Chaos Agents on September eleventh. To a certain extent, there's a lot of creativity involved in that, too. Mm-hmm. And in a way, you're doing is oral storytelling, even if it doesn't get written down into a script or story. I don't understand why you said to a certain extent. It's guided improvisation. Guided exactly. improvisation. You know, you're thrown into scene yeah. after scene, and you make a set of choices. Mm-hmm. But then, as was discussed with Carol Wolf, you have to have your character, your cut, and your stance, your tower, and your well. This is just another gold brick in my yellow road here that That's says right. that all paths, you know, can lead to being a writer if somebody wants to be one. It's true. No. <laughs> Truly. Like yes. how I loop it around over and over again. Cause, uh, and, I've and, never heard you. And I this is also kind sentence. of a, a, you know, way back when, when my mom said, you'll know, you're never going to get anywhere just playing games all the time. <laughs> There's industries. <laughs> there are. And it's, I mean, it all started, a lot of it started because of Critical Role and Matt Mercer and his crew because, oh my goodness, they they do, it, they take improv- improvisational storytelling to just like the next level. And we always strive to have like those real moments. And I have a lot of fun with that. Have you ever been tempted to do like the film version, like the Gamer's Darkness Rising? Did you see that one? I did not. <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's one where basically it's a guy who's designed it and they keep going out. So finally they bring in a girl to the party. And so she actually reads the book and she was supposed to be the fighter, but she doesn't. It's fun. I don't want to spoil it for you because okay. I feel like you should see it. Yeah, but you, you, should, you, you and the whole group together. I'll, I'll put the, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, link in. Yeah, yeah. Show, show me the link. I'd love, the, I'd love to 
because it's very much they're all sitting around the table and then flash to creeping through the woods in our costumes (laughs) (laughs) and the guy who's hitting on everybody like you're you're a girl this time you're playing a girl oh yeah and then it's a female actress (laughs) oh yes i'm a girl hitting on everyone yeah absolutely I, i do refer to myself as the token girl in the chaos agents because i am the only girl at the table Oh, I don't know. I think I, I want to be fair for this. I think we have all moved past the days of thinking there's a token girl. Oh no, I, I, it's, yeah. it's absolutely a joke. We have we have a really diverse cast, both on Chaos Agents and Natural One. Natural One is mostly female. Yeah, and and Call of Cthulhu was all female, and then we had to have a, a shift of of actors because life and scheduling and stuff. Aye, aye, Cthulhu for <laughs> yes, Sailing Johnson. lessons. I, I, wrote I a, love sailing lessons. That sounds wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> I, I wrote a sea shanty once for our uh, a band I had up in Seattle, and one thing was uh, making sure that it was the life of a cultist is easy and free when your masters sleep in there under the sea. Yes. And the, the, the whole idea of um, tentacle cell, you know, they they sold back when it was forced the beginning of a, a new genre, as it were. Mm-hmm. They, they talk about fantasy noir is the theme of the upcoming this next month's World Fantasy Convention down in L.A. Interesting. And I think it's interesting that they call it fantasy noir when really fantasy noir has been around since Lovecraft. Yeah. Well, since the really, beginning. Well, what was the first science fiction slash? Frankenstein. Yeah. Yep. Mary Shelley. Mary yes, Shelley. indeed. Although arguing about whether it's first or not, let's sidestep that entirely. But fairy tales. Let's have light, happy fairy tales with wolves eating people and and women having their toes cut off. So pretty, pretty slippers. Pretty, pretty slippers. And also, don't go into the woods after dark. Hey, be (laughs) nice to little old ladies and little old men you find in the woods. I think that's, first of all, if you're in the Midwest somewhere, they probably have packing. So just be polite. And (laughs) if you're going to be in the woods somewhere, I presume, you know, a little bit of niceness and manners goes a long way. Oh, my God. They could totally update Baba Yaga for Juno. They could. Right? That would be perfect. So she's a trapper and skinner, right? I love it. What is the hut standing on? Oh, well, she legs. just keeps a lot of chickens. Moose legs? And it moose looks legs. like they're <laughs> uh, Are moose really the modern chicken of Alaska? Moose have really long, springy legs. It yeah, I know. Sense. They kill people by falling over on their cars. <laughs> oh, my God. Them, I, I, I have legit hit, hit a moose and was very grateful that it didn't come through my windshield because we clipped each other. Mm. You weren't driving a VW Bug or anything because you wouldn't be here now. I can tell. No, I was driving. I, I was. I was driving a Nissan though. It was a little Nissan uh, Altima or something like that. Little car. Yeah. So now we've revealed her secret Alaskan roots. Now we also want you to write the Baba Yaga in Alaska story. I kind of have to at this point, right? Because let's face it, there was there's so much of the you know from the bridge over the Akutsk Peninsula mm-hmm. straight across. No, I'll DM it, but it'll be very heavily T Kingfisher influenced. Well. Ooh, because, because Ursula is yeah. made of awesome, but and yeah, has a new book. She does. She does. First. October first, Ursula Vernon writing as T King Fisher is publishing the Twisted Ones, Ooh. which is said to be the Blair Witch Project meets, um, probably Scooby Doo, knowing her, but the Blair Witch Project meets um, Mayberry RFD, basically. Oh so, my! <laughs> no, it's 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 very Ursula. She has recently been heard to say on Twitter that one of the rearers said it's cute, but it's not horror, and now she's afraid. And the trouble is, I can't read horror, so I hope it isn't horror, but it's going to be horror. <laughs> I just want somebody to go through and read a bunch of her stories, like we're having um, 
Kit Carr, Catherine Carr, mm-hmm. uh, has some of her stuff on Audible, but I'm trying to hook up and saying, all right, all of you gals who've got some time, let's get Kit's stuff out there because there's so much good literature out there and there's so many people that find it hard to sit down and take time to read, but they read on, how long were you on Lawrence Avenue trying to get here, John? <laughs> 35 minutes 35 is a minutes serious chapter of a book. breath. Yeah. Right? But. You know, let us then in a future time talk about the other resources because I would love to do that. And I'm actually rewriting two of her stories as in the script format that Scrivener gives you. Hello, Scrivener. Thank you, Ray Ray. (laughs) Um, So that I can collect the people. Unfortunately, I do not have the female voice required because there is a female voice in all of her stories. I'm pointing at the girl over here. I can't imagine why you'd be pointing at me. You know. (laughs) Just thinking. Well, I want her and Alice, and I need someone with a good southern accent. But it comes the time, comes the woman. Mm. I can only do Arkansas. I spent summers in Arkansas. Well, there you go. I can kind of do Tennessee, because a good friend of mine is from Tennessee, and I've, I've had to do it for an audiobook that I did. And so I would just call her and be like, hey, Brittany, talk to me for, for 10 minutes. Just talk. Well, I'd never been down there before, so the first time I heard somebody say, we're fixing to go out, <laughs> I'm like... You're fixing your gout. Uh, is that pills? What's broken? <laughs> Elevate you break foot. Your gout? <laughs> fixing. It took me a while to figure out fixing meant getting ready. Mm-hmm. And that go ah, gout. Gout was, yeah. was go out. And it was just regional dialects. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I sounded weird and talked way too quickly for them. Probably. Because that, that, that's one of the things that I had to learn when I was doing the Southern accent was slow way down. Oh, Adina has a point that any, if you want to speak from Florida, she lived in Florida for a while, everything has at least two syllables. <laughs> want a chair? <laughs> a chair. Okay. A chair. Want a glass? It's inflection. It's very, you know. It's very it, musical in a way. It is. It absolutely is. And I noticed out there that you have an audible narration already uh, called The Actress. Yes, I do. Tell me about that. How did you, uh, was it just a friend said, hey, read my book? Or? So my my adventures on, on Audible have been very interesting. Uh, so I, like I said, I started on Fiverr and I mm-hmm. did an audiobook through Fiverr and was like, I like this idea. And then someone else mentioned a website called ACX. And that is Audiobook Creator Exchange. So basically, if you have a book on on Amazon and you want someone to narrate it, you go on to ACX and you find someone who wants to narrate. And it's anything from royalty share, which is to say when a book sells, the author and the narrator both get half of the uh, half of the royalty. Whatever it is that Amazon gives you. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's never very much, but it does add up. Yeah. Um, all the way up to paying like $400 per finished hour. Right. So it, there's a range of experience. Prince, there. I bet Patrick Stewart could get 400 an hour or Samuel L. Jackson. I, I know people on, on, nice. on, on the Audiobook Creator Exchange uh, Facebook group that, that routinely pull down 300 to $400 an hour. Nice. And I'm like, teach me your ways. <laughs> <laughs> we are not worthy, but we would like to be. Basically. So, yeah. I, so I went on to ACX and I created a profile and I started applying to various and sundry jobs. And I got some small... Uh, audiobooks and stuff like that. And then uh, an author named Bridget Essex reached out to me and said, my wife and I really love your voice. We would like for you to audition for um, for our audiobook. And at the time, it was uh, Don't Say Goodbye that, that Bridget wrote. Okay. And so I auditioned for it and had to audition again because I talked too fast. <laughs> I, had, I had to find that right level of the storytelling voice. 
So that took a little bit of practice. But once I got it, uh, Bridget and I have been working together for a while now. I'm actually working on another of her books called Hot-Blooded. Would a click track help? A click track. So what exactly is a click track? A click track is a musician thing where when you're in a studio, to make sure that you keep to a thing, especially if you don't hear anybody else or you're laying down all the tracks yourself, you can control it and get the thing to give you a click track, which is click, 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 click it however many bits per minute you want. So if it's mm-hmm. like bum, 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 or bum, bum, bum. That it's kind of like having a drum that sure. keeps you, but it reminds you and you kind of fall into a rhythm if you've got something slower like that. Mm-hmm. That would probably drive me insane, to be, to be honest. Having, having that in my ears while I'm recording would just be like, I'm going to kill something. <laughs> I have found that it is very useful and you can do some very interesting things with it. And it is most useful when you are answering you are recording questions for someone else to answer and they are answering separately in a separate session. Mm-hmm. Having a click track allows you to not vary your speech length and get lazy and faster, or lazy and slower. So it sounds more like you're actually having a conversation mm. and it, it's very easy if you've worked musically or worked as a singer with an orchestra, because it's exactly the same as practicing with a metronome. Sure. And I, and I can see that being very useful for, for some people. For me, I, I go back and listen to myself fairly frequently, as much as I hate doing that. Um, I go back and listen to make sure that I'm keeping to the right pace and the right voices. So for me, it's not so useful, but a click track might be really useful for someone else. It might be especially interesting if one had something and one said, all right, I want to be sure that here is a very slow section. Mm-hmm. Here is where the fairy queen just lulls you to sleep. Look at your field of poppies and settle <laughs> down. And then just to remind yourself of a little bit, you could actually set it up and saying, all right, here's the section through the end of this chapter. I'm going to be a little bit slower and I need yeah. the reminder because I'm from the coast and I can start talking faster and faster and faster <laughs> and then only people from Boston understand me. <laughs> So, so as long as you set up the, the click track to be very legato, very yeah. smooth. And you can make it faint, so it's just like a little, just a little whisper of, ping, ping, like a grandfather clock. Mm. Still drive you crazy. But Probably. let's not focus on any one individual, too. So you've told us how you got into this, and you've told us how other people can get into this. What, what would you like to see? You are, to my mind, part of an emerging art form, mm-hmm. both in that you are improvising gaming sessions, this improvised storytelling, and the way you're recording it. So this is a weird question. All right. What do you see for the future now that you've been involved in it? Where's this going to go? I think right now... Uh, for on, on the gaming side of things, there is a saturation in the market because a lot of people saw what Critical Role is doing and said, I can do that too. So right now, it's... It's a wide open market, which is wonderful. You can get all sorts of cool stories that way. There's other podcasts that I listen to with, that are real play, and I have a lot of fun with them. It is. Monday was, uh, last Monday was International Podcasting Day. Really? Uh-huh. I, I think I put a little note out there at everybody at the time saying, hey, those of you who don't want to listen to podcasts, you can, and what a beautiful wealth of uh, podcasts are out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's so many. There's of so all many All the podcasts kinds. in the world, ours is one. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Rogers drinking coffee. Rogers drinking coffee. Yeah, and that's um, 
it is that. So the market, how do you see on Audible, though? Because mm-hmm. I think Audible is still growing. I think there's still more to go because there's body of work for how many years? And many people may never meet Charles Dickens except Tim Curry recorded A Christmas Carol. Did he? I have to go listen to that. Oh, the I, beautiful, I, wait, I love wait. the man's voice. Do you have an Alexa? No, I don't. Okay. Because if you have the, anybody that has one can say, Alexa, read me A Christmas Carol. And it's Tim Curry? And at Christmas time, they do it, and it's Tim Curry reading to you. Oh, I'll have to go visit a friend who has an Alexa just to get that, because that sounds amazing. Yes. <laughs> and uh, there's there's a few others out there that people have done in particular. But I think it's, they, they start, I now start looking not just for my favorite authors, but I look for my favorite voices, too. I actually, I actually uh, read a couple of. I didn't, I didn't do the audiobook versions of them, but I did read a couple of books specifically because Will Wheaton did the audiobooks for them. And I, I said to myself, if he liked them enough to work on them, I should probably read them. Ready Player, Ready Player One, one. Ready Player one. <laughs> and Red Shirts. Yeah, Red Shirts was funny, and I could see, I, and I could see why Will Wheaton read that one. I didn't know that he did the Audible, but now I kind of have to get it because I loved the book. Right, it we love you, John Scalzi. Keep writing. Yes, please. I I want somebody to actually read your hate mail will be graded. Maybe even John. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But I think you needed more nasal voice than mine for that. (laughs) Uh, Certainly for the letters coming in. Have you ever heard Gilbert Gottfried readings Fifty Shades of Grey? Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That is a glorious piece of art. It, Um, It is. As far as where the future is going, I think that things are going to become more and more decentralized. Um, I think that there, that because more and more people who do my line of work have like whisper rooms in mm-hmm. their in their homes, or at, at the very least, like I used to have a very nice walk-in closet. Which my perfect. roommate practiced his trumpet, Dave the Web Spider, in his walk-in or not walk-in closet, but sit in heavily. Have, <laughs> and and honestly, I didn't even need to do the eggshelling part. I had uh, clothes on on both sides, and that cut enough of of the sound that I just had to nail a, a sleeping bag on the back wall. And you just worry you're not worried Narnia is going to care or try to steal your. I mean, I figure I figure if Aslan has a problem with it, he can come and talk to me. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I would have no problem with Aslan coming and talking to me, um, especially in Liam Neeson's voice. <sighs> Liam Neeson. Mm. The, the, the older BBC version, though, I don't know who the, who the voice actor was for that Aslan, but... Yeah. Well, we are going to be putting links to the stories and all of the stuff we talked about on our website, which is www.ridersdrinkingcoffee.com. You can also find us on Facebook or Twitter. We answer email. Uh, Tiana would be delighted to answer questions that you stick on our website. You've been listening to Riders Drinking Coffee, a labor of love and enthusiasm put together by the host... Our main web support magic is brought to you by Deirdre McGaffey Schween, and our sound engineer and backup web spider is David Welsh. Our intro music is Pretty Made Milking a Cow, and our exit music is Breakfast with a Morning Person, both by Michael Engberg. You can hear more from Michael Engberg on manyhatsmusic.com. Our podcast sponsor is Jackal Designs, enabling you all to buy cool WDC swag. Mm-hmm.